This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, one of sport's greatest events takes place this weekend in Rome. Europe play the United States in the Ryder Cup. Golf, of course, is an individual sport, but this is a team event. And although these are very wealthy young men, the emotion they show for being part of a team is really very striking. No one will ever forget Rory McIlroy's tears after the recent defeat in the last game, in a match in America, when he was totally devastated. It was quite a sight to see from such a, a great player and indeed a man who is distinguished in so many ways. To preview this weekend's events, begins on Friday, we're joined by one of America's finest golf riders, one of the finest golf riders anywhere. He's an Irishman, Eamon Lynch, and it's a pleasure to welcome him to the stand. Eamon, there's no doubt that for the players who are wealthy and who don't get paid this week, this is something special, way above any money. It is, and that was very evident earlier this week, Eamon, when the uh, European team put out a funny little video where they made Rory McIlroy read a quote that he had given in 2009 in which he referred to the Ryder Cup as kind of a meaningless exhibition. And he admitted, even in his press conference this morning, that before a ball was in the air at the 2010 Ryder Cup, his first one, that that opinion of his was out the window, that he realized that the, the team environment, the camaraderie meant so much more to him. So for some of them, it's a learned process. For guys like Shane Lowry, I mean, Shane talks about dreaming of going to play in front of 80,000 people at Crook Park in a hurling final yes. throughout his entire childhood. So some of them are more inclined towards team competition than others, but it seems to be a an adopted trait for all of them by this point. Yes, and there will be 50,000 people on the course. It's a course that is short by modern-day standards, and the experts say that it really is ideal for match play, a lot of risk and reward holes. Would you go along with that? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, it's like a lot of European Ryder Cup venues that, in the sense that if you're one of those people who's very much into golf course architecture, uh, you're not going to like it. It's, it's, it's not a good golf course. It's a good yeah. match play golf course in the sense that it's set up to goad these guys into taking on risks that in a normal stroke play tournament they would never dream of doing. 
And that becomes even more fascinating when it's alternate shot, because how much risk are you willing to take on when the other guy has to deal with the consequences of what you do? So, And it's perfectly set up that there are at least three short par fours out here that guys might actually take a run at. Yeah. And where it, it's that difference between the 16th hole in particular is the difference between trying, thinking you can make a two and walking away with a six and wondering how that happened. And so it's, I do think it's going to provide great theatre. Yes, and foursomes traditionally, I think, Eamon, they are more suited to the Europeans and they have chosen the, the home team, as it were, has a lot of choices to set above the course. And Luke Donald, the European captain, has decided the first morning will be foursomes. Notoriously and memorably, Tiger Woods and Phil Nicholson were paired together. I think it was at the Belfry, the two great American golfers of the time who were not best pals, and it was a disaster, wasn't it? Borsons has never been particularly kind to the Americans. And Luke has actually, there's been a tradition now, the last, all the Ryder Cups they've won in Europe, they've started with foursomes. Luke's actually flipped it this year and decided, to start off with the four balls, which is oh, historically really? I got the American well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. strength because in, in their mind, they, as if they've got two guys playing their own ball, they have a better chance. And historically, they have done better than that. And it, it's interesting, Luke seems very statistically driven this time. And Eduardo Molinari, tour player who's been keeping stats for players for years, is driving a lot of the decisions that Luke is making on statistics. And Luke argued that simply... The statistics that they're studying, which they're not revealing to anyone, suggest that they have a better shot if they start off with putting the four balls out there. And it's going to be an interesting argument because if you are very statistically driven, do you suddenly lose faith in your statistics if they go against you in the very first session of play? The flip side of that is if they do hold the Americans well or even beat them, in a four-ball session, well, then it turns around the Americans are on the back foot from the get-go because the sessions in which they're expected to perform well, suddenly they're not. So it, it could really flip right from that first session on Friday. Yeah, now I read a couple of pieces you, you wrote about this week, and one of them was about the American captain, Zach Johnson. Not a long hitter, but he won the two perhaps most coveted titles in golf, the U.S. Masters and the Open at St. Andrews, very smart guy, a Christian of some conviction. And you said in a piece you wrote this week, anyone who bets against Europe this week may be making a big mistake. Of course, Europe have won the last six matches played in Europe. So that stat is certainly in their favour. What else made you suggest that they should be favourites? Well, I think there was a, a narrative that really took root after the last match at Whistling Straits two yeah. years ago, That, and this was even before all of the live stuff, the idea that Europe was entering this generational crisis, that the old guard had aged out, where was the new talent? And that's somewhat been answered. In, in that Whistling Straits match two years ago, the, the European team went into that with one of the top 13 ranked players in the world, of course, it was the number one. It was John Ram at the time, but he was the yes. only one in the top 13. Going into this week, they have six of the top 15 in the world, and they all seem to be playing well. The one who was suspect in terms of his form a little bit was Shane Lowry, but he showed good form at both the Irish Open and, and the tournament in Wentworth as well. 
And uh, it's been interesting, the couple of press conferences Zach Johnson has given this week, he's repeatedly in his first answer to any question, he's talking about how they're acclimating, how they're tired, they're exhausted. Well, those guys came over here, 9 of 12, on a scouting trip two weeks ago. Yes. There's a bit of a time difference. Two of them played in California the week before that, so there's another three-hour okay. time difference. They seem to be very focused on this idea of how tired they are. But it, it's, it's interesting to watch the spectacle here, Eamon, because the, the mind games, the psychops, yes. start very early. You know, we've seen these vi- funny videos of Monty and other guys that the European tour put out. And it creates this narrative that the Europeans are self-effacing, they're funny, they're humorous, they're people you'd want to root for. Yes. And by comparison, even if it's not true, by comparison, the Americans look a little more stressed, a little more remote, uh, a little more distant. And the, they're kind of messing with them because there's a screen on the range right in front yep. of where the American team are practicing on the range. And it's a 40 by 40 screen. And the only thing it's been showing for two days is the 2018 Ryder Cup in Paris when they absolutely yes. walloped the United <laughs> States. There's no mention of what happened two years ago right. in Wisconsin. They're only focusing on Paris and they're making these guys watch it time and time again. So there's all of this kind of little gentle prodding that goes on. But the, the European team is exceptionally strong. Even the guy who's the least experienced guy on it, Ludwig Aberg, yes. has already won on tour and possibly should have won Wentworth. As well, so they're all informed. They've all been over here and acclimated for weeks. The European team, yeah, and the, a lot of the American team have not played competitively at all since the Tour Championship in Atlanta a month ago. There were two guys who played out in California, and then Brooks Kepka played the live event last week in Chicago. That's the only competitive golf these guys have had in a month. Now you wrote another piece about the selection choice that Zach Johnson had to face in relation to Brooks Kepka. Kepka, of course, went with Live Golf, and he's in the team by virtue of his major championship endeavours this year. You asked the question, will Zach Johnson bottle it or go for it? He's gone for it. Or he has, has and he had it? to. <laughs> no, I actually think, well, yes and no. I suppose it's yes to both. I mean, he went for it with, with Kepka, which I think... He should have done. Kepka had all but earned his place on the team. The top yes. six qualify. Uh, he finished seventh. And they kind of want these alpha dogs yeah. on this team. And it's it's a very different scenario, I suppose, with the in the way I think he might have bottled it a little bit. It's the little talked about effect of the task force that they created after the debacle at Glen Eagles. Is it, it creates this question: Are they looking to be competitive, or are they looking to be convivial? And I would argue it's the latter, because Zach Johnson admitted in a press conference yesterday that essentially they're now crowdsourcing the captaincy here. They were allowing the players who made the team to decide who the other six would be. He said the the players who were on the team were adamant in who the rest would be. So so what is Zach doing? Is he here to give speeches at the start and the end and just provide them with air cover? Right. But he definitely has the attitude as a captain that the strongest voices that he's going to listen to are his players and who they're comfortable with. And, I mean, you've played team sports. It's not always buddy-buddy on on teams. There are people who don't like each other. I I can't imagine there were people who liked you on some of the teams you were on back (laughs) in the day. But but the difference between, as Nick Rory said the other day, there's a difference, or Paul McGinn, I'm sorry, said it the other day, there's a difference between the idea of what is a good team, and it's not necessarily uh, 12 individuals, 
but nor is it a bunch of guys who no, have no. to get along together or they're somehow discomforted. No, absolutely. And you can put a guy up against the wall at half time and threaten to punch the lights out and uh, it's doesn't you're, necessarily... You're speaking from experience here, I'm guessing. I am, yes. Now, let me ask you about Wyndham Clark. He intrigues me and he said something in the last couple of days about Rory McIlroy. He said he was up for Rory McIlroy. He thought he was as great a player as Rory McIlroy, although he didn't, he wasn't disrespectful to Rory, but he said, I'm up for it, I want it. He did win the US Open, and he did it in extremely spectacular and admirable form. He went head-to-head with Rory on the back nine on the Sunday and came out in front and well in front. Mm-hmm. Was that provocative comment? I imagine wouldn't bug Rory, but... It was quite provocative. Is he? This guy is a good player, isn't he? He is, and it was on the, the. I was one of the hosts of that TV show where he made that comment. Yes. During the interview, when my my colleague Damon Hack asked him that, and he said today in his press conference that he thought that comment was taken out of context, which of course they all say. But in that case, it probably was. He was basically making the argument that Rory McIlroy is a sublimely brilliant player, and he wants to be the best. Yes. And he's not looking to sort of go beat up on some 15 handicap. He wants to take on the best in this setting and yep. win. And if you're the captain, it, 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 that guy could not make a living if he didn't believe he was as good yes. as Rory. The evidence points to the fact that he's not. He yep. certainly doesn't have the record of Rory. Who knows what happens in the future? But he at least has to have the belief that of he's course, as good yeah. as Rory McIlroy. So I thought it, it's pretty much what you see in the run-up to the Ryder Cup. Uh, every couple of years is that anyone makes any statement it's sort of blown up into bulletin board material whether it's worthy of it or not and in that case i don't think it particularly was hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
Okay, just a couple of more things to ask you about, Eamon. For me personally, not knowing Ricky Fowler, but seeing him from afar over his now quite long career, I'm delighted to see, A, that he's come back to play well enough to be in the Ryder Cup. He was a pick, I think, but he seems a very popular guy with his contemporaries and indeed unless impressions are extremely misleading, he is a very popular guy. Is he going to be strong enough to play in this American team and weigh in? Or is there a degree of sentimentality in his selection, which not many people would begrudge him? I wouldn't say it's so much sentimentality as much as your aforementioned popularity with his contemporaries. Which matters in the team room, obviously. And it matters even more in the American team than almost anything else at this point. Because Zach Johnson, on the day he made the pick, uh, essentially admitted that you know JT was on the team because Jordan Spieth wanted him. And yes. Sam Burns is on the team because Scotty Scheffler wants to play with him, despite right. the fact that they didn't win a point in the President's Cup last year. <laughs> and Ricky's popular with everybody. And he, he's earned that popularity, but he's certainly good enough to be on this team. You can make a case for all of Zach Johnson's picks. None of them are indefensible. And Ricky Fowler, I thought, was one of the stronger picks because when you look at what he's actually done this year in terms of statistics, the accumulation of world ranking points, at the rate he's going, you can make a valid argument that Ricky Fowler is a top 20 player in the world. And that puts him ahead of of a bunch of those guys. Plus, he's been in this kind of experience before. And if you want a guy that even fans over here like and root for, then that's not a bad thing as well. You don't necessarily want an entire team of guys who are polarizing that are just going to draw the attention of of the hecklers. Yep. Let me ask you a final question, Eamon, about the course. The European captain and his vice captains and whoever, they have the, the choice of how the course is set up. I watched a few of the programs during the week on Sky. The course is set up. It doesn't suit bombers necessarily. It's, it suits short hitters. The rough in the second cut anyway, is very, very penal. And it's said to be, by people who know better than me, and I'd be interested in your opinion, ideal for match play because of the risk and reward aspect. Are those things through? And which team do you think the shortish course with a premium on your short game and your putting suits? It's it's hard to argue that there's any course these days that doesn't suit the Bombers. And you could argue these days that there are as many, if not more, bombers on the European team yes. than the on the US team. It, it comes down, I suppose, to how wayward are they. And none of the top players are awfully accurate these days. They don't have to be because they'd yes. rather hit you know a wedge from the rough than a, an eight iron from the fairway. And it's it's definitely a golf course that's going to put a premium a little more on accuracy. I walked out around it the other day and. There, there's sort of gradations of rough, particularly around the green, where you could go from the collar to a first cut. And then as you move farther away, it it definitely gets tougher around the greens. It's interesting, though, in some areas, and this happens at a lot of golf courses, where it could be that the more wayward you are, the luckier you are, because suddenly you get beyond the thick rough and suddenly yes. you're in the area where the spectators are walking around <laughs> and that's all trampled down and you have a wonderful lie. Um, I mean, they will, because of Luke Donald's, obsession with the the statistics they will have gauged every aspect of the game and figured out how their guys rank against the others and and one of the interesting controversies luke had over 
his captain's picks was when he went with Nikolai Hoygaard over Adrian Moronk. And yes. Moronk won the Italian Open on this golf course earlier yes. this year. Nikolai won on this course two years ago. And I was told by someone in the team room that what tipped the scale in Nikolai's favor, even though he played slightly better more recently, was the statistical profile they had built of Nikolai and the, and the gaps that he filled in terms of who they might put him with. Right. So the, the, they are going that granular in terms of how they think certain guys will perform on this. But it's like every other Ryder Cup. I mean, there, there are certain guys it's just not going to be suited for. You go back to Paris in 2018 when, because of this idea of legacy picks at the Ryder Cup, which is a bit of a disease. Yeah. Jim Furyk spent one of his captain's picks on Phil Mickelson, who could yeah. not have hit French territory with his driver if he teed <laughs> off from the top of the Eiffel Tower. Didn't win a point that week. That's and right. Yeah. The, and any statistic, you didn't need statistics to tell you that was going to happen. Right. Um, but this time, the, both teams are taking very different approaches. The American team seems to be based very much on conviviality, and it's guys who are comfortable with each other thinking that that is going to bring out their best. And the other side seems to think that it's we're going to take a very kind of statistical analysis here and give ourselves the best possible opportunity to succeed. And any of our listeners, this is the last question. Any of our listeners, including your host, who wants to have a bet, I was convinced that the United States had the better team because I looked at the rookies on the European team, Eberg, Hoygaard, McIntyre and Sepp Straka. I thought there's too many rookies, that their weaknesses. What's your opinion, which is a much more educated one than mine? Well, you look at, you mentioned another guy there in Bob McIntyre. He's also won in the European team. So if the weak link in the European team has, has won on this golf course, it's probably not that weak. And it, America was always said to have the best team. They're said to have the best team every time. But what they yes. actually often have is the best collection of 12 individuals. And to McGinley's point, that's not necessarily what makes up for the best team. And when you look at what Europe has now, you know, Rory's number two in the world. Ram yes. is three. Victor Hovland yes. is four. Matthew Patrick yep. is number eight in the world. You can keep going down the list. And the vast majority of this team is top 15, top 20 in the world golf rankings. There are no, there are no mugs on, no. on the European team at all. Um, it's, it's interesting how the mentality of this has changed over the years, Eamon, because the Right now, it, it was never Europe versus the United States. It was always the European Tour versus the PGA Tour. Yes. Because the guys like Seve and Faldo, back in the day, they felt disrespected by the PGA yes. Tour. They didn't like the pairings they would get if they went out there. They didn't give enough access. So it was very much that we're going to shove it up you. We are going to prove yeah. that we are your equal. And that has changed a little bit over the years because so many of these guys now actually live in the United States that the, all of that enmity is kind of gone at this point. And it might change again in the future. Whatever this new framework looks like going forward, it might change again the differences between all of those tours. Or who knows, it could create a new tour, and then suddenly the, the underpinning attitudes in the Ryder Cup that have made it so exciting for years could be impacted by that. But it was always a tour versus tour rather than a continent versus yes. continent mentality. And that, you can tell, has definitely diluted. Yeah, and as Rory's tears after Whistling Straits prove, it still matters more than the biggest of, of big checks. Eamon Lynch is one of the best golf writers in the world, one of the best sports writers in the world. You can easily access his stuff. Eamon, it's a pleasure to have talked to you. We're grateful to you for your time because we know how 
precious it is at this event. Good luck with the week and thank you very much for joining us on the stand. That's all we have time for now. We're grateful to Eamon Lynch. To all of you for listening, we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts.